This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Merry Christmas and a very happy new year to all of our listeners. We have got a very, very special episode coming your way this week, guys, to kind of celebrate that wonderful week between Christmas and New Year. First of all, let's meet my fellow co-hosts for today's episode, Liam and Luke. How are you doing, guys? Feeling festive? Very festive, mate. This is this has got to be the best time of the year. That break between Christmas and New Year's. Everyone's off work. You've just eaten heaps of food over Christmas. You've got lots of leftovers. You're just chilling out, waiting for New Year's Eve. I'm doing great, mate. How are you doing, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, the off work. The off work. That's the good bit. That's yeah. the good bit. But that means that means I'm not with you guys. Do you know what I mean? Like, I like being with you, boys. You know, oh. highlight highlight of the year. Highlight oh. of the year is uh, doing doing the party with you boys. One of them, though, joking aside, yeah, one of the highlights that and buying a house and finding a couple of leaks and you know, you know what how year. it is, mate. What a year yeah. it's been for you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's been ridiculous. It's, um, it must be a hot and sunny Christmas for you this year, Liam. Down under, it must be balmy. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I, I, yeah, it's a bit weird because I was obviously I spent what eight years in London. Every year was was cold, <clears throat> like you guys at the moment. Um, so it's it's not as festive, I'd say, as, as as London. You know what I mean? Like December, it's it's Christmas lights everywhere. Everyone's out having Christmas lunches and dinners, and the pubs smell like mulled wine. Um, it's just like a really <laughs> festive time, right? Here it's, 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 it's a bit opposite. It's just everyone's outside. Um, there's not many mm. Christmas lights going on. Um, but it's good though. I, I enjoy it. I like being outside at this time of year as well. It's good. And everyone, everyone in Australia basically takes two or three weeks off at Christmas and just, just catches up. So it's a great time of two year. Two or three weeks? Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Sounds very leisurely. Well, it's, it's. Uh, Australia's summer, right? It's like it's like mm. August for Europe. You know, everyone, all, all the European right. countries just down tools and go to the beach, don't they? Pretty much what happens. Unless there. you're <laughs> unless you're Fred and you decide to go to Frankfurt on what's <laughs> what he describes is the hottest day ever. That may um, I still but we'll talk about we we'll talk about that later, don't we? In the main in the main show, we are. Right? We are. So yeah, so when you celebrate, extremely to celebrate jeans, the new mate. year. Oh, just, <laughs> I knew, I knew. If I didn't move on quickly, he was going to bring them up. He was going to bring them up. <laughs> extremely tight. <laughs> they got tighter because it got hotter. I've clarified <laughs> this before. <laughs> 
that video did well million views i'm, I'm pleased we got something out of it because i was absolutely borderline evaporating that day it was absolutely insane <laughs> Anyway, guys, it's been a big year and there's an even more, even bigger, more exciting year ahead. So uh, because you've all been good this year, we're going to bring you a very exciting end of year podcast episode. Basically, we're going to look ahead at some of the coolest projects uh, coming up in 2023, some of the coolest projects that are about to complete in 2023 and give you some of our predictions for the year ahead, which will probably be wrong. You can bookmark this podcast, listen back to it in July, September, December next year, wherever it may be. <laughs> And tell us how wrong our predictions were. That'll be interesting. Then we're also going to do, we're going to close out the episode with some of our favorite projects, things, stories, anecdotes, funny moments from 2022, uh, all together, creating a lovely little bumper end of your episode for you. Does this sound good, guys? Are you in for this? Yeah? Always, mate. 2022, 2023. Let's, Let's have it. Yeah, let's bring the new year in in a big way. Right, okay. Look ahead at the projects and predictions for next year. Round up of our favorite projects. Let's do this. Let's get it together. Let's go. So we have got a fantastic little platter of projects coming up for you. This is all stuff that's going to be completing in 2023. Pretty big year ahead. Let's have a chat through it. Kicking off, uh, we're going to Vegas, guys, one of the coolest cities in the world, America's playground, where the enormous, absolutely vast MGM Sphere is going to be completing this year. If anyone hasn't heard of this project, it's basically, I think it's the world's largest spherical building. Vegas is, you know, keeping the ball rolling on its uh, crazy project, literally. And they're building this enormous spherical structure, which is going to be home to, I think, one of the world's biggest LED screens. It's it's absolutely insane. It's 19,000 by 13,500 pixels, a $2.2 billion project. It's got this special haptic technology in it that's going to direct sound and vision to your seats. The screen curves up and over the top of the building. It's absolutely immense. Uh, this is the kind of project that could only be built in Vegas, although I think they're also building one in London now. But anyway, incredible feat of engineering is coming to a head and going to be completing an opening in 2023 are you guys psyched for this one mate it's just something that's so vegas it's so las vegas and it's so over the top but in like in a good way i think it'll be successful just just from the design the way it can um have the leds on the outside it's it's gonna be i think i think it's a future icon i really do I think mm. it's a future icon. And like you said, yeah, I think they're building one in Stratford in East London. Um, I think that's the plan anyway. I don't know if that's all going through, really? but it's a little bit different. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. They it, And it's pretty much the exact same because yeah. the guys building this is Madison Square Garden Group, right? Yeah. So it's guys that run Madison Square Garden and they want to build a few of these things. Yeah. Oh, cool. So the, the looks, London one, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of contention, but the London one, I think there's a graphic that shows it, and it's taller than Big Ben. Like it's absolutely wow. enormous. This thing. I'm not sure if it's got planning approval yet. There was there's loads back and forth on it, but yeah, there's one being built in in the UK as well. But this one, this uh, MGM Sphere, is absolutely huge. They've even the entertainment company are even they've even created their own production studio to make content specially for this screen. That's how. That's how big it is. It's yeah. That's mad. So it's That's it's mad. a screen, but it's also a live music venue. So there'd be like concerts there. Yeah, sporting so got like events. A stage in the front. But from the renders, you film have like events. these events that are. It wouldn't be sporting events. It's like film events and stage shows, basically. Mm. 
Um, oh, but the screen yeah. looks so immersive that the stage and screen kind of bleed into one thing. It's very, very impressive. It's, I'm, yeah. look, I'm looking at an article that's saying it's going to be used for um, concerts, concerts uh, sporting events, corporate mm-hmm. events, product launches, films, and more. Oh, wow. Oh, what, like a tennis? Tennis game, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, really go it doesn't, well. it doesn't go hand in hand with Vegas, does it? <laughs> you never know. A fight. That's what we need. A big, a big old boxing match in the middle of it. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. of course, mate. That's, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, Fred, I think you've actually, yeah, that makes sense. Boxing that makes and sense. Um, MMA and things like that. Yeah. 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 Wow. The, I mean, it's so impressive, isn't it? It's yeah. So Can you imagine seeing a gig there? The sound quality would be incredible. Like just curving or bouncing yeah. off the, the dome around the venue. Yeah, yeah well, it's engineered for that, ain't it? It's yeah. engineered yeah. for that. So yeah. the whole thing's been designed for your viewing experience, and it's been tailored to each. There's like this computer software they use to tailor the experience to each individual seat. So the sound design, the view has been designed to ensure that each individual seat. I think there's nineteen thousand seats in it. You know, they're all yeah, going to have the perfect view. Sorry, twenty thousand to have the perfect viewing experience. Like, yeah, and and taking that aside, the engineering of this thing, the amount of steel, mm. this column-free mm. interior, it's um, yes, yeah, a banger. What what a project to kick us off with? What a project? Now, it's not the only cool thing in Vegas because outside Vegas, outside of that building, on the streets of Vegas this year, there's a very very cool event coming into play. This is the first ever Las Vegas formula one grand prix they are turning the las vegas strip and some of the city into an f1 track next november and we can't wait to see it it's going to be so so good we did a piece of video a few years ago a couple years ago now on the monaco grand prix about how monaco does all this temporary construction work to make the grand prix happen we're doing the same thing for vegas Uh, we've talked about it we're going to be bringing it out to you in 2023 as the site comes together it's going to be awesome but this is this is epic what they're doing here. So there's there's a six kilometer route, seventeen corners, a chicane, three high speed straights. The strips involved as well. Cars are going to go two hundred twelve miles an hour. I cannot wait. Just like the Grand Prix plus Vegas is like the best idea ever. It's going to be amazing. Mm. Are you are you an F one guy, Fred? You you strike me as an F one guy. I am a bit. I think throwing a picturesque city yeah. and a good old good old track, and I'm even more of an F1 guy, especially the uh, the old yeah. <laughs> hospitality and the apres ski. You know the stuff that goes with it, the day out that goes with it. I'm a big fan. Mm. Such a tough mate. Such a tough. <laughs> <laughs> you love the luxury life, didn't you, mate? You love the luxury life. Before, before, do you know before what? Using tent. I mean, yeah. There we go. <laughs> What 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 I loved is you you just mentioned it actually when they integrate like a city like an urban area into the track that's where I like I'm like yeah that's that's fantastic um, and they, they they did something similar in Miami didn't they Miami for the first time had the F1 circuit there and it was a temporary thing right because Miami's not usually on the circuit is it I'm not sure I think I think you're Should right I'm not sure that. yeah. When I was over there, they were making a massive deal out of it. Like, they had posters of Lewis Hamilton literally everywhere, like, promoting it. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Like, the yeah, the the hotels, the spectators, the fact you've got hotels looking over the track. It's just, yeah, the glamour, the excitement, the, the construction that's going to enable it to happen. Cool project. Looking forward to seeing that one coming up in 2023. 
sorry, we should clarify. I've been saying stupidly, I've been saying the MGM sphere. It's not the MGM sphere at all. It's the MSG sphere. It's the Madison Square Garden Entertainment Group sphere. The MGM is another hotel down the Vegas Strip. See, I've, I've been so drunk in Vegas that I've got the whole things like, you know, conflated and mixed up. This is <laughs> There is the MGM hotel, to clarify. <laughs> Nothing to do with this. This is the MSG <laughs> sphere, the Madison Square Garden sphere. Apologies for any confusion. Um, hopefully don't do that again this year. Oh, well, we'll see. Now, moving on from Vegas, this isn't this isn't all Vegas. We just we just did the, did the Vegas bit first. Going over to Cairo, that iconic tower we spoke about a few episodes ago is going to complete in 2023. This super tall skyscraper in the desert, the tallest building in Africa. I, I can't get my head around this. Still, it's just, I know this is all coming about from Cairo's new capital that's being built. They're relocating the capital of Egypt from Cairo to a new administrative capital, an entirely new built capital in the desert because of congestion in the old city. But I still can't get my head around the fact mm. they've built this enormous skyscraper, basically on sand in the middle of nowhere. And it's the tallest building in Africa. It looks, yeah. We've, we've talked about the design before, but as a feat of engineering, it's it's amazing. It's really impressive. It's really, really impressive. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see a skyscraper like this being built on the African continent. That's mm. something that I'm really, really excited to see. You guys know my thoughts on this whole area and this whole project. And if you haven't, then go go listen to our episode um, from a few weeks back <laughs> where we covered Egypt's, <laughs> Egypt's new city in the desert. Um, yeah, listen, I, I, and I think even since um, since recording that um, with this building, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of this skyscraper, the iconic tower. Um, however. I did say like, oh, there's not much about about it that that, that screams Egyptian to me, and I, and I and I still kind of think that. However, since then, I've done a bit more research. I've seen some things, and some people have said, oh, it's like pharaonic. It's like part of like a pharaonic crown. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that's that's a that's a good point. Looks okay. I, I suppose it kind of resembles that, but I I think the the where the excitement is is where this is happening. And how this is kind of a first for Egypt and a first for the African continent, but yeah, Liam, I, I was pretty friendly there. Really, yeah. <laughs> Do you want? Yeah, we we weren't too friendly on the on the podcast when we covered this. Um, no. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not too excited about this one, to be honest. I, the thing I find really interesting is the speed at what they're building this skyscraper. Um, when did they, when did, do you know, Fred, when they started building this? Because I, when we did that podcast, I didn't, I know we were talking about how fast it's being completed. I didn't think it was going to be done by next year. Yes. They started in 2019, topped out 21 and is going to be completed and opened, opened in 2023. So Mm. it's, I mean, throw COVID into that. Don't forget this has been pretty, pretty rapid. Obviously there's been a bit of a bit of China construction involved here as well. You know, they don't hang about. So it's, it's gone quickly from that perspective. I think, like Luke's saying, there's there's a lot of controversy around the new administrative capital. The skyscraper isn't great, even though they've called it the iconic tower. I think what's incredible about it, going back to what I said at the start, is the fact it's the tallest building in Africa, and it's built in the middle of the desert. Like that's an incredible feat of engineering. You can't can't get away from that. Um, from one cool skyscraper to two cool skyscrapers down under with a very very exciting sky bridge between them 
Completing this year in Melbourne is 308 Exhibition Street. If you haven't seen this building, go and have a look at it. It's also called, it might appear under the Sapphire by the Gardens Google search. I love this building. It's dramatic. It's eye-catching. It's got this incredible sky bridge between it, basically connecting the two towers, a residential tower and a hotel tower at the 46th floor. Um, mm. I think it's it's epic. It's awe-inspiring. It's kind of engineering at its best. Um, mm. what, do you, what do you make of this, Liam? Obviously, this is, uh, this is your neck of the woods, mate. Yeah, mate. I lived in Melbourne for a bit. I love Melbourne, um, just, just the city in general. But what we were saying before about Sydney being filler or killer. Now, I, I said um, a couple of podcast episodes ago that I think Sydney skyline is killer. Is filler, sorry. No, I said it's killer. Um, Melbourne's... <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what? Trying to mix it up my words here. Melbourne's the opposite. <laughs> Melbourne skyline, I absolutely love. Um, and and it's proof with 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 this skyscraper going up. That would mean it's well. killer. That, yeah, that, that would I've mean it's killer. <laughs> I've realised that now. Killer's <laughs> <laughs> good. Filler's bad. <laughs> yeah, I've just I've just realised that. A bit late here, guys. Um, oh well. Yes, <laughs> Melbourne skyline is just they just have so many good things popping up. The um the green spire yeah. that's being built down in South Bank. Yeah, that's a beautiful building. Yeah. We covered that early in the year if, on, um, on the if, if it gets built and looks like that, I mean, I yeah. I hope it gets built. There's no, there's new renders coming out, but it, I'm not sure they've started yet. I don't know. We'll have to oh, wait really? See. Yeah. Uh, but big fan of this building. Big fan of this building. And it looks it looks very Melbourne, doesn't it? Like when you think of the new towers that are going up in Melbourne, they look like melbourne you look at them and yeah oh, yeah no that 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 makes sense and we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about like new york um i like when buildings and skyscrapers modern skyscrapers are in keeping with the city and kind of help define the character and the personality of the city and that's what melbourne's doing mm. that's exactly what melbourne's doing so yeah this is this is cracking would i would i love this skyscraper in London, no, I don't think it would work in London. But that's exactly why it works so well in 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 Melbourne. It suits the area, suits the city. Parking the architecture and engineering for a moment for balance. I should throw in for balance because oh. it wouldn't be a wouldn't be a podcast without me saying for balance. It does. Yeah. Th- there's not a lot of affordable housing in this. This is kind of built for the uh, the wealthy and the elites a little bit. It does kind of underline the affordable housing problem in our cities and in Melbourne as well. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of high-rise residential, yeah. high-end residential developments coming up in Melbourne now, and it does speak to a, a challenge that city is facing, along with many other cities around the world. So just throwing that in, it's a lovely-looking building, but most people probably won't be able to afford to live in it or stay the night in the hotel. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But I suppose that's not that's not a problem just unique to Melbourne, like you said, mate, but it's still a problem. <laughs> And the yeah. fact that <laughs> the fact that like these, you know, it's happening with the height, like the construction highlights of the year, I suppose is notable, isn't it? So, yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. Mm. Staying with skyscrapers, we're going to go over to Germany now for uh, a flaming hot video we did earlier this year for Frankfurt. Guys, you are not <laughs> going to believe this, but for Frankfurt is a development of four skyscrapers in, you guessed it, Frankfurt. That's where it's happening. Uh, as I said, we covered this earlier in the year, uh, earlier in 2022, on the 
the hottest day of my life, 38 degrees Celsius in skinny jeans. It was, it was mental. Um, <laughs> but taking aside, taking aside the fact I nearly evaporated on a film shoot trying to cover it, uh, this is a big deal for Frankfurt. It's a very big new development. It's one of the first kind of proper mixed-use schemes. Four towers rising, one of them being an official skyscraper, I should clarify. Um, yeah, it's, and it looks nice. It's UN Studio. It's pretty edgy. It's pretty different. Again, incredible feat of engineering. Whole thing was roaring away when I was there. They were working, working the socks off on it, and it's due to complete in 2023. I... I do love this development. Are you are you with me, guys, or have I got it wrong? Yeah, I like it, mate. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's really good. I'd, I'd suggest the viewers check do check out the video because it gives an up close look at it and just how amazing it actually is. Nice. Not what are your thoughts, Luke? And also a, a, a closer look at the jeans situation. Yeah, with yeah, Fred Dyer. <laughs> Can't miss it. Fred's wearing jeggings, basically. <laughs> Which is a mix of leggings and jeans. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, they melted on, didn't they, mate? They melted on, basically. Mate, he still wears them. He still wears them. I love those jeans. They're very comfortable. They're very comfortable. I'd say the stuff yeah. going on under that hard hat, my hair was so, it was so hot. It was so hot. Was it? it looked hot. It looked crazy hot. It looked crazy hot. I'm you know big... what, what I like about... Sorry, yeah, no, go on. Let's no. carry on. Go on, Liam. I know. I was just going to say, I'm a, I'm a big fan of um, a lot of UN Studios work, to be fair. We haven't actually featured a lot of it on the B1M, but um, they do have some really cool stuff out there. They know what they're doing, mm. don't they? They're, um, yeah, good firm. Some lovely stuff coming mm. out of UN Studio. Mm. And I like that the um, Frankfurt is, the skyline is clearly centered around the Commerce Bank Tower, which is the tallest skyscraper in Frankfurt, right? And yep. uh, I like that these complement that. They're not trying to take away from that. They're just adding to the skyline. They're adding to the overall um, picture. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's done so well, so well. And, yeah, it's nice to see these big skyscraper developments happening again in Frankfurt. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think there's, there's, been a, there's been a big disconnect. We talked about this in the video, but there's been a big disconnect in that city between the kind of financial district where that commerce bank tower is and the the more bustling historic city center and what this development tries to do is create a new sort of mixed use space where the two merge together so there are offices there's also a hotel there's some residences there's retail shops you know it has this quite nice kind of open square uh thing around its ground level which which i think will do a really good job at kind of unifying the city so it's a yeah i said a big deal for frankfurt this one it's going to be nice to see it open its doors in 2023 another cracking project opening in 2023 coming out of this industry uh now we're changing continents pick up your bags we're going away from europe over to mexico we're going to talk about again another project we've covered on b1m we are, these aren't all b1m projects guys we're gonna we're gonna mix it up a little bit for you <laughs> but uh we couldn't we couldn't move on without acknowledging that uh trend meyer is going to complete in 2023 or at least the plan is for it to complete at the end of 2023 december 23 this is the big old $10 billion railway in the jungle going around the Yucatan Peninsula, connecting tourists from tourist hotspots to the very impressive Mayan archaeological sites. Uh, we've got uh, fantastic Rodrigo is actually in the intro to this podcast now. You can hear his, uh, you can hear him being against the train the way it's done right now. And uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a cool project. It's an epic project. 
in a very exotic location. There's controversy, there's delays, but that's any infrastructure project for you. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this one finished, mostly because I want to see if it does look like the renders and what the impact's going to be. Definitely. It's connecting um, some of Mexico's poorest um, regions as well, isn't it? So it'll be interesting to see if it actually, I mean, it'll be years before we know that, but if it actually has any effect on those communities. I'm I'm a big fan of, uh, I sound like Liam now, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of uh, of infrastructure projects, especially trains that connect up different areas of a country, different areas of, of a region. Um and I, for me, yes, I know there's some some negative side effects of a project like this, environmental, historical. Um, however, right now, from the way I see it, 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 there's so many benefits of something like this. There's so many benefits to something like this, and yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see it finish. To be honest, and I, it trains, you know, trains are so good is so good so yeah i'm on board mate i'm on board if you uh if if you catch my dream yeah you're on track the product's product's on track yeah that's it nice there's so many puns when it comes to railways yeah so yeah we we obviously earlier in the year talked about hs2 we did a big thing on hs2 in the uk uh so we've done a few a few railway projects this year which we can reflect on in the second part of the episode but yeah trendmire in mexico coming your way in theory, at the end of 2023. We'll see if that happens. Now, staying in North America and heading up a bit, heading north a bit towards New York, we've got, also completing in 2023, Wildflower Studio, which is, I kid you not, Robert De Niro's vertical film studio project. So he's building, because the idea of this is to kind of keep it close to the city and close to where the the talent and expertise all are, uh, him and a couple of others are building Wildflower, which is a seven-story production house, production studio in Astoria on the waterfront. Pretty cool project, pretty revolutionary in terms of its kind of layout and, and size. There's 11 sound stages, production areas, offices, a fitness room, all the stuff that goes with, you know, burger van, all the stuff that goes with a uh, with a film studio. <laughs> and it's all this kind of, there's this, there's this real fight, there's this bigger story here is there's a real fight on at the minute to entice production companies away from hollywood so hollywood's obviously been you know la's always been historically the the home of movie making but london's done some really big stuff recently they've poured loads of money into things like pinewood and other places like that um new york's doing the same they're all trying to pull in the the filmmaking talent because it has such a big impact on cities that's such a uh, you know, fantastic economic boost for cities uh, and and talent boost as well. So, yeah, especially I think with the rise of streaming networks and this huge increase in the amount of production being produced around the world, there's this battle for Hollywood going on. And hey, De Niro's in there with building his own little uh, own little film studio project. Interesting <laughs> renders on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Mark Ingalls. I said I. Mark Ingalls designed. Yeah. They, I, th- I feel like the renders look really good. I feel like the finished product won't look anything like the renders. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. I think it looks dated already, sadly. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, and I said that about another Bjark Ingalls uh, project earlier on in the year, didn't I? Something yeah, in Copenhagen. Yeah, mm. and I thought, ah, it, looks, it already looks dated. looks old already. And... Um, 
yeah, I feel the same about this. But I suppose this is this you know this is like a working environment. You know, this is a, this is effectively like a media factory, right? So I suppose there's that there's that to consider. But um, architecturally speaking, yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest fan. I get why they're doing it. I get why they're building it. But before they build stuff like this, I, I, I would I would have thought that. <laughs> You'd almost need to look and investigate and maybe change uh, laws and regulations in the city, in the state, or in the country, because you know films that are set in New York nowadays aren't even filmed in New York. They're filmed in Vancouver. They're filmed in Manchester and Glasgow, right? The new Indiana Jones film that's coming out next year, all the New York scenes filmed in like Glasgow and Liverpool. Yeah, the Batman earlier on in the year mm. filmed in Manchester, Glasgow, Liverpool. <laughs> so, Lord of the Rings filmed in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just that as well. Go, just that as well. But even when they're, what I'm trying to say is, even when they're trying to film New York, they don't even film in New York. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I get why everyone's trying to trying to get involved in industry because it's a massive industry but yeah anyway architecturally i'm i'm not sold on this sadly yeah i I don't think we should judge this one on the architecture though because like you say it's it's an interesting construction project and that it's a new type of film studio but it's a film studio we're not looking for architecture in film studios we're looking for functionality and a a place to make great productions aren't we it's not got to be I, I you don't. Yeah, a good point. You don't. It's a good point. You don't have famous, good-looking film studios, do you? The front, maybe. You have the old water tower, whatever it is. You know, ah, mm. Pinewood, mate. Pinewood, <laughs> Elstree, Elstree Studios, <laughs> Elstree Studios. Yeah, that Dagenham one, I think, has fallen through though. They're mm. meant to be building one. That's not far from me. And the old Ford Ford factory sort of site, I think. And. uh I don't know what's happening with that. But even um, everywhere, it's the streaming studios, mate. They're all like dipping into everything. Netflix, Disney, Paramount. They're, they, they, they have huge budgets for these studios. And the technology's changed a lot with filmmaking and TV making. So Now we've got um, lots more stuff on the platter of projects completing 2023, guys. Uh, over in Kuala Lumpur, we spoke about the Tunrazak Exchange a bit this year in one of our videos, but... The next step in that master plan is going to be completing. There's uh, the luxury shopping mall, the exchange TRX, and also two enormous residential blocks, the core and the TRX residences. So, you know, some big phases in that huge city within a city developments completing in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. That The scale of this blows me away. It's, it's like they're building the future over there. This stuff is is on a different level. And again, this goes back to Malaysia's plan to kind of, well, they had this plan by 2020 to shift the country into one of the kind of the big five in Asia uh, and to develop it into a high income nation, boost their economy. It's obviously slipped a bit from 2020. They're still building this thing in 2023, but they're getting it over the line. They're building this new financial hub. It's kind of reminiscent of like Canary Wharf in London or, you know, some of the other big kind of custom built centers around the world. But yeah, it, it, a nuanced project. Lots of uh, some controversy around this and some debate and interest around this. But yeah, another big notable thing in Asia completing in 2023. Is it, have you seen any um, recent photos of the construction project? Because I can't seem to see many. 
Yeah, there are a few out there. They're they're keeping the, some mm-hmm. of the stuff under wraps. I know when we were making the video, they're yeah, quite yeah. um, yeah, they're a bit held back on stuff. But uh, yeah. if it looks anything like the renders, I mean, asterisk, it might not. But <laughs> if it looks anything like the mm-hmm. renders, we're in mm-hmm. for a treat. Malaysia's in for a treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 incredible how they can effectively build a city inside of a city. You know, the old the old catchphrase goes like that, doesn't it? But this this really really is that. Um, you know, the designs I think are that they're, they're nothing remarkable, but if it has a positive impact on on KL and Malaysia, then that's what construction's all about, isn't it? Definitely. Now, I don't know about you guys, but it feels like with because of COVID, we had this kind of big gap in sporting events. But then it feels like we've had Winter Olympics, Euro football, World Cups, uh, main Tokyo Olympics, all kind of like clashing and becoming closer together. Anyway, 2023 puts us just a year away from Paris 2024. Another Olympic Games coming up. Um and there's preparations being put in place now for Paris 2024, but this is very different to your usual Olympics. So they are not going out and building all kinds of beautiful stadiums and a whole new Olympic park and districts. They are mostly reusing existing stadiums or adapting them in some kind of minor way. Uh, the idea of that is to make it really sustainable. It's one of the most sustainable Olympic Games ever and also uh, cheap. It's one of the cheapest Olympic Games ever because... Mm. The Olympics has got a bit expensive. It was kind of like $10 billion minimum at times. And I think you know, places like China were spending upwards of $40 billion on these things. It was pretty insane. Um, so as it turns out, the only permanent venue, the only new permanent venue being built for the Paris Olympics is its Timber Aquatic Centre, which is beautiful. It's built with timber, so I'm on board. They've designed it in a, a way that is the kind of minimum size. So it gets all the seats in. Everyone can see the pool, which is pretty important if you're watching a swimming race. Uh, but the ceiling isn't too high. So this space, the volume of space they have to heat is smaller. And that helps conserve energy usage. It's powered by renewables. It's got solar panels on the roof. This is a really nice looking building. And I think a really powerful symbol of what we should be building as we move into 2023 and the future. More sustainable, more measured, still nice looking, but putting the right things first, you know? I don't know. You, do you guys agree with me on this or am I, am I being too aspirational? No, you, you definitely are, mate. I think um, it's, it's off the back of uh, what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about uh, France um, making all car parks having solar panels mm. on them as well. So it seems like France is really making like a concerned effort to push more sustainable practices, um, which I'm all, bo- I'm, I'm all on board for as well. Um, it's great to see. And it, it is yeah, when, you, when you see the Olympics and things like that, it, it's, it's like you say, you know, um, building these stadiums in the middle of nowhere that never get used again. It's just such a waste. Um, and then, you you know, someone does a YouTube video on derelict um, stadiums built for the Olympics and things like that every couple of years. And, you know, the one in Brazil, um, that's just completely overgrown and falling apart. So That was shocking. What? That pool. Uh, it's like the pool has become like a crocodile swamp and it's like got plants yeah, growing it, out of it. Yeah, man. It looked like one of the, the crocodile parks and you get in Thailand and things like that. It's absolutely <laughs> wild. What's that um, guy? I've forgotten his name now. The, the Tiger King guy, sort of, sort of him, sort of like his ranch. Yeah. Well, I, well, I stayed. I, I was in um, Joe Exotic. I think, Joe Exotic. Yeah. There he is. 
I was saying, I think I was in Thailand once and um, we booked this, I was, I was in my early 20s, we booked this really cheap hotel and I we got there at night, woke up in the morning, opened my um, curtains and I'm not kidding, there was a crocodile park. There was like a thousand crocodiles in like a tiny swimming pool just outside my window. <laughs> yeah, mate, it was, um, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I, I had no idea. I never even knew these things existed. Um, oh, mate. Anyway, back to France. Yep, all for it, mate. (laughs) (laughs) It's really impressive. It's really, really impressive. And uh, cheeky shout out, and I think credit where credit's due to London 2012 that kind of set the trend. Yeah, it set the trend to go, yeah, let's make it sustainable. Let's make it like a, let's give it longevity. Let's redevelop an area. And I I think 2012 was the most successful Olympic Games in modern history. That's what I think. Um, And I think a lot of that is because of the construction and the legacy that it, that it left. And I think Paris is, is learning and mirroring that in, in the best way. And it's great to see. Really great yeah, to see. I completely and it agree. Looks great that too, man. The the London stuff good. like Inspire a Generation was so so linked to the legacy and what it was going to be in the future. And I love the way the whole thing was designed with legacy in mind and approached with legacy in mind. Like I say, you look at Athens, yeah. look at Rio, you look at a few of the others through the years, it's just like this is madness. Why are we all pouring billions into building things that we're not going to use again? Like you you know, it's gotta be there's got to be some longevity to this stuff, otherwise it just feels a bit feels a bit wasteful. But yeah. Anyway, best of luck to Paris. I really hope this goes well for them. And they've just beaten us in the football in the World Cup, so I don't like them that much. But you know what I mean. Uh, fingers crossed for their Olympics. Hope it's sustainable. Hope it goes nice for them. Hope it is. Uh, hope it lives up to these aspirations that the whole world can look at this and go, "Yeah, this is this is what we should be doing. This is what we should be building. This is how we should be approaching stuff." Uh, Now, we are staying in Paris, but heading just outside Paris for a bit of a lighter twist now, because very excitingly, at Disneyland Paris this year, the world of Frozen is going to open. And on behalf of my four-year-old daughter, I can say we are very, very, very excited about this one. It's going to be it's going to be good. Uh, (laughs) I love I love Disney when they do this kind of stuff. The, The Imagineering team, the stuff they build just it's construction and architecture, but just has that ability to transport you to a completely different place. It is genuinely incredible. Um, alongside the Frozen fans, I should say they're also building, we believe, a version of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and they opened a new Avengers land this year uh, in 2022 as well. So it's all not just for Frozen fans, but yeah, there's some interesting stuff going on. Are you um, are you psyched for the Star Wars lands, Luke, or are you a bit sceptical? I mean... It goes without saying, mate. It goes without saying. I went to Galaxy's Edge earlier on in the year, and I know you guys did a video on that, didn't you? Like a while back on Galaxy's Edge being built, right? On B1M? We yeah. did, we did. Um, but I went, I finally was able to go to Galaxy's Edge in um, April, May this year. And it was, it's unbelievable. That, yeah, and, and Disney, they really are the, the, the top tier. They're the masters of this craft, right? Everything from like how many bins are used in the park. Yeah. They, they have an algorithm to like have as little litter in the park as possible. Yeah. They have these cr- crazy systems and processes that keep the park clean, that keep it functioning. And even the design of the park, it's designed so that if you walk into this one area, 
that's the only area you see. Let's say if it's like Wild West, like Frontierland, Wild West themed, everything you can see is Wild West themed. And then when you walk out of it, you move away from that. Music changes. It's it's the, they really are yeah, like I said, the masters of their craft. And um, I think construction, and I think society in general, whether it's like public services or councils or whatever, can actually learn a lot from the Disney parks because they are so well run, so ridiculously well run. So anything like this, World of Frozen, Galaxy's Edge, if that does happen in Paris. You know, mate. You know, I'm all over it. Come on. <laughs> that was Disney's Come kind on. of big, big thing with uh, Epcot, wasn't it? The experimental yeah. prototype community of tomorrow. I think it's what it stands for. But that was his big idea: was to build this kind of model city that people could look to. Um, obviously, yeah. they've now filled it in with uh, less expo type things. You've got Frozen Ride and all sorts of stuff, but uh, still, still Disney. It was an education. Yeah, it was an education thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, monorail as well. First monorail outside of Germany was in was in uh, Disney, yeah, in Florida, I think. <laughs> I'll have to double check that <laughs> as per usual. But no, I'm pretty sure that's true. Like they, he was a, he was a massive advocate for for technology and and, and the future. Walt Disney. So yeah, mm. you're going to be heading to Arendelle, Liam? I don't think so, mate. <laughs> 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 it's not really my it's not really my bag hey oh you haven't lived you haven't lived yeah, come with me i'll give you a great day out we'll have a great day out oh boys trip that's a bit weird, boys mate. trip to disneyland paris i'll only go if you i'll only go mate if you wear those super tight jeans <laughs> <laughs> deal um Mate, after what you've told me about your experience when you spent, what, did you spend like five days there this year, France? Uh, Fred? France, Fred. Um, did you spend five days in Disneyland? Mate, you were ruined. I spoke to you and you were like, oh, I'm so naked, mate. I was like, I couldn't think of anything worse. Five days? It wasn't five days. I made the money. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was amazing, but tiring. And the, the, oh, yeah, we booked that uh, pre-COVID, I think, and then it got moved around anyway we, we finally went but ended up going just as the inflation crisis was taking off it's like, oh yeah here's a here's a small mickey mouse shaped pizza that'll be 27 euros do you go on the um there's a way to, there's a way to do it do you take your own snacks we did well we because we, our kids are like i want a snack i'm hungry every freaking five minutes we uh we bring a lot of snacks brought our body weight and snacks with us so that was quite good. So we did a few meals, you know, but you know, you don't don't buy everything in the park because that's a bit crazy. No. Um, yeah. To your question, did- Liam, I did do a few roller coasters. Yes, I did a few single rider joins because Ooh. obviously with the kids, so they're not going to go on Space Mountain or are they scary? Too crazy. Are they like big ones. Some of them, some of them are big big roller coasters. Yeah, they're, they're ones that the kids can't go on. So yeah. I read something there. What about you, Luke? Do you, are you a roller coaster guy? I love roller coasters, yeah. I love roller coasters. I love rides. Disney is not necessarily about like roller coasters and rides, though. It's more about like experience and storytelling. And so you're not going to get like just a random roller coaster just plonked on the side. And it's, it's much more like immersive. And that's the, but the best ride I've ever been on comfortably is Rise of the Resistance, which is at Galaxy's Edge. And that is a ride ride. Like even the queuing is interactive and yeah. is part of the ride. It is, 
superb. And that's modeled off like the uh, Harry Potter stuff over at Universal. But so yeah. impressive. I. All right, here we go. I found it. Okay, cool. I, I was about to say it and I was like, I swear I'm not making this up. Um, so Disney is now bringing out the patented a roller coaster that may be able to jump off the track <laughs> in a loop. So it goes around in a loop and there's no track at the top and it goes in the air and then joins back up with the track on the other side. Is that where wow. is that legitimate? Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I found an article on it. I mean, oh shit! I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Me. I'll let someone else because they're it always trying to push. They're always trying to push the boundaries, aren't they? Even um, I mean, the even with their simple rides. There. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. What were you saying? No, no. What were you saying? Like the technology is probably mean, there. They, they probably have the technology for it. Yeah. I mean, I, mate, I'm. Scared of roller coasters. <laughs> I hate them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's because we used to have this like dodgy little carny festival that had come to town when I was younger and just like it's the roller coasters, which is rickety, mate. <laughs> like they were like making noise and oh, I'm just like, nah, I'm all right. I just feel like, you know, probably the big parks, the engineering's there, but I, I just don't feel like they look after them in a lot of the. Mate, you cannot black equate ball. you cannot equate some little village fun fair from New Zealand when you were a kid <laughs> with Disneyland multi billion dollar parks. Just for goodness sake, yeah. pull yourself together and yeah. get on a roller coaster, man. I'll take you. Uh, I'll wear, wear my jeggings, no, and you can come along. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, wait. oh, I don't know. I just yeah, it's mate. Tempting. Yeah, Disney files patent for roller coaster that jumps track. Wow. wow! I'll share. I'll send, I'll send wow. you guys the link. Wow! Wow! Okay. Right, Bob Iger is back at Disney as well, isn't he? In 2022, Bob Bob has come back in some sort of uh, some sort of coup. Something's gone on, but anyway, Bob yeah. Iger's back. I'm very happy about that because I think Bob was blooming brilliant for Disney. What he's done for the parks, the yeah. brand, the movies has been immense. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's enough of the Disney stuff. We've got one more project bringing up the rear. Sea World Abu Dhabi guys is due to complete in 2023. I mean. We're not. We're not huge fans of it. Is it going to be big? Is it going to tank? We don't know. But anyway, another another big one coming up in 2023 is SeaWorld Abu Dhabi. Have we missed anything, guys? Let us know. Send us your emails. Podcast at the B1M dot com. Is there anything else big and noteworthy completing in 2023? I say big and noteworthy. We don't want to hear about your bathroom extension, your new house, some minor municipal project down your road. We don't want to hear about that. We want to hear about big, yeah, cool projects, okay? <laughs> Don't email me in going, we get these emails all the time, B1M, going, Ooh. why haven't you done a video on the local library about something? Like, because we're not going to do Look at our channel, look at the cool stuff we cover, and then ask yourself where you see <laughs> your local cool library fitting in. I've got one stuff for you, mate. Just... I've, I've Go got on. one for you. All right. So it's my kitchen, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, well, it'll be completed in 2023 by by me. I'll be scraping the old varnish off the kitchen tabletop, and then I'll be sanding it down. Then I'll be revarnishing it, sanding it, and then I'll be revarnishing it. And I'll also be changing my kitchen cabinet doors. So that right there, guys, is an example of what we don't want. Okay? <laughs> Thank That's you, Luke. It is, mate. We yeah. do not want. We do not want stuff like that clogging up our podcasts or our channel. 
<laughs> I do. Send them in. Send them in. Putting projects aside, I think we should probably nod to some of the bigger themes that we are predicting for the year ahead in 2023. I've <laughs> jotted some thoughts down here. I want to know what you guys think. So for me, the changing faces of our cities, like I think obviously 2022 was the year we properly came out of covid you remember the start of the year, there was all the stuff going on with uh, Novak Djokovic trying to get into the tennis and COVID testing and Omicron and all this stuff happening. We've kind of moved through that now. It seems like the world's got massively back to normal in 2022. I imagine in 23, all this stuff around offices, commuting into our cities, sustainability is going to come back into the fore, cars, public transport systems, how we adapt and grow our cities especially as urban populations are now rising uh is going to be an interesting area for me this is like one of the biggest themes for construction this year is is our cities changing good prediction bad prediction what do you reckon are you saying um with with offices and things like that working remotely do you think there's going to be a shift back to pushing people back into cities because I know we we're just talking about New York, new four skyscrapers being designed on a, on a previous podcast. There for mm. office space. There's there's new skyscrapers uh, skyscrapers going up in London that are office space as well. So do you predict there's going to be a U-turn and more people are going to go back to the office and it's going to go back to how it was pre-COVID? No, I think offices are going to be optional now i think some people do want to go to the office a couple of days a week or for the occasional meeting or hook up with their team but the idea that everyone has to be in the office nine to five monday to friday i think is over and i think companies enforcing that are going to find themselves losing out to talent that want more flexibility and more flexible working and Mm. equally i think you can't just keep your office as it was you have to create Mm -hmm destination offices now like retails become you know the the places that are real destinations destination retails becoming most successful you need destination offices you have to give people a reason to go in a reason to want to be there so yeah i think the office will remain i think these big office buildings will still be viable but they need to come at it in a very very different way to how they did pre-covid yeah i think i think it's a it's it's uh, all in the balance to quote our favorite expression um i do think i do think you know like sitting in front of a screen though on your jack jones all day mm-hmm. you know when you're lonesome it's not the same as being in 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 an office it just isn't and i think depending on the industry you're in you know you're gonna need that interaction and people like interaction but like you said fred does that mean a nine to five Right, going back to nine to five, Monday to Friday. No, I don't think that. And I don't think that a lot of people want that. I don't think even businesses want that. But yeah, like you said, just echoing your point, I think it's going to be more about like destination offices, making them more comfortable and more flexible. And maybe that's the right thing. And also, it's worth noting a lot of places are now um, doing four day work weeks, right? They've switched to four days instead of five days. And you can tell, I think we're starting to see the social sort of change on that front. And it's great to see, and that's reflected in the architecture, I think. Yeah, I think the, the confines of how we've been told work should happen are now being completely thrown open. Like this thing about 
you work Monday to Friday, nine to five, and you have to be physically in the office to be doing your job. Obviously, some job roles and some types of profession, that obviously fits. You have to be physically where you are doing the work to do the work. But for digital companies, for online companies, I think, yeah, it's been massively blown open. It's going to be, I think that's going to be a huge thing we're going to see this year is construction building things that they weren't really building before um i think the, the climate change angle is a really big part of this as well so i think you, you, we've really turned up the volume on built needing to build more sustainably in 2022 i think the energy crisis has really made it very real for a lot of people we're now like now it's hitting us in the pocket we're like blimey we need to get this sorted now we need we desperately need to build in a more sustainable way we've got to insulate our homes we've got to use less energy so that where i think net zero buildings or low energy buildings were kind of like this nice to have thing they're going to become absolutely essential especially now it's as i said hitting our pockets hitting the bottom lines of businesses that's going to become front and center and about time about time that it's getting you know getting up there yeah definitely other things coming out of that i think material innovations so there's we've spoken a lot this year about things like graphene fossil free steel timber I think that climate push, uh, the supply chain challenges around concrete, steel, and many other materials, timber included, are going to force innovation there. Uh, There's a skills crisis in construction. There continues to be a skills crisis in construction. There is not enough skilled labor coming into the industry. That is forcing automation. It's forcing companies to look other ways of of filling those roles or automating those roles somehow, which which is sad, but is a pretty big changing factor on the industry. Other thing I throw in there is affordable housing. I think we've really seen in the last few mm. years this frustration and backlash start to build over the lack, the severe lack of affordable housing in our cities. We've spoken about it quite a few times on the B1M this year, but most particularly in that documentary on the Battersea Power Station redevelopment, which I was really, really proud of. Um, it's It's affecting all cities. There's just not enough affordable housing being built. And I think the battle to build more housing at an affordable level cheaply quickly and efficiently is going to massively push the construction industry you know it's going to push into things like off-site manufacturing 3d printing modularization uh it's going to sort of challenge the economic side of the industry about how projects are funded where the money comes from so yeah yeah these these are my predictions for 23 i don't know maybe i could be proven wrong there'll be some huge pandemic (laughs) kickoff in march again everything will change or Elon Musk will pull social media or become president or I I don't know something's going to happen isn't it the story of our lives now is that stuff happens there'll be be three new prime ministers you know yeah 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 it's true it's true Now, to wrap us up, we're going to talk about some of our favourite projects from 2022 and some of our favourite things, favourite anecdotes, favourite cool stuff that's happened in 2022. Who wants to kick us off with this? What's uh, What's been spicing up your year this year, Mr. Bly? Uh, the Elizabeth line, straight up. The Elizabeth line, <laughs> huge shout out. It's changed the way I go around central London. It looks gorgeous. It works beautifully. Um, I think it's like a testament to the construction industry and what we can do even in our cities, even our medieval and really old cities, we can still make these incredible projects. So I, 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 
it would be wrong not to start with the old Lizzie line, mate. Um, what about you, Fred? You like a bit the old Lizzie, don't you, mate? I do, mate. I do, and I got to agree with you. Like it was such a. There's so much symbolism with that project. Like it, as I said earlier in the year, when I properly like went around all the stations on one day and and geeked out about it on TikTok. It was, it's amazing. Like to have a piece of infrastructure like that built under our feet and open was incredible. It's made a huge impact yeah. on London this year. It's it's purple coloured, which was the same colour as the Platinum Jubilee. It was the Platinum Jubilee this year. It was opened by Queen Elizabeth also in the year that she passed away. So, you know, it's a it's a big landmark project for 2022. So, mm. yeah, I like that one. There's loads, mate. There are so many out there. We've done a lot of chatting this year about lots of things. Uh, ITA, we've, that was a real highlight of 22 for me, seeing that project. It's obviously one construction story of the year. It's had plenty of coverage. Standout project for me though is probably the Fimon Tunnel because that one just I just I just wasn't expecting it. Like I knew about the project, we'd done a bit on the project before, but to actually go there, see it, be hit by the scale of it, and understand the impact it was having was absolutely incredible. We did loads of trips this year, but that was probably my my highlight. It was very very cool, really cool project. One of mine would be it'd have to be uh, Battersea Power Station in London. The actual yeah. that actual power station itself, the grade two listed building, you know, brought back to life. Just that mix of you know historic, um, a, a historic building essentially, obviously um, mixed with you know modern construction. I just think I just mm. absolutely love it. it was I, I, absolutely I, incredible. I actually wrote I wrote that down as well. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, mate, it's it's such a fantastic project. I know politics aside, mm. just looking at it and experiencing it is it's so impressive. And when you think this was a derelict part of London for so long, right? Yeah. It's such a big site. Like, you, you, mm. if you're in that part of London, it's so massive. Have um have you been inside it, Luke? Like, since it's been no, done? Not, not yet. Not yet. I want to. I think I might do this week, you know? Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, man. I would. I would first yeah. tell. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to. Hopefully, very, very soon. Mm. I, I just want to give a couple of shout outs to uh, two skyscrapers. Um, you know, we love we loves a skyscraper, obviously. But um, first one, it, we we talked about it a few weeks back. Actually, the Captor Spring Tower in Singapore. That is like the the bamboo yeah. one with the um the, the gardens in the middle and then the rooftop gardens as well. Do you remember we covered that? Yeah, that it, I might be my favourite skyscraper of 2022. It is outstanding. Everything about it is well done, well executed. It looks fantastic. The the, the concept to execution is pretty much flawless. Pretty much flawless. So yeah, massive shout out to that. I also want to um, do a, a, a little mention for, I think it's called Dance of Light, and that is in Chongqing in um, China. You know, the twisted skyscraper? It yeah, kind of yeah. twists mm. from the bottom and then goes really, really simple but effective. And it's kind of on like this lakefront. It looks amazing that's another one of my favorites of this year you haven't left out you've left out the um pets at home in nairobi luke i thought it was gonna be one of your sort of highlight projects well little, the carney <laughs> I, I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I was saving that i was saving that for the end mate i was saving for that that but yeah, yeah the pets at home farm foods and Lidl in nairobi central station 
<laughs> it literally <laughs> looks like a retail park here in Essex. But yeah, um, not my, one of my favorite. favorites was that um, but... that that skyscraper in Los Angeles when we had Jane on the show, and she was like. It's like an air conditioning unit. It's boiled chicken. She, she referred to it as boiled chicken. It's the plainest, <laughs> ugliest skyscraper that we've yeah. got. <laughs> uh, no. For me, I think um, yeah, no. biggest, biggest, most impactful product announcement of the year, biggest reveal, has got to be the line in Saudi Arabia. Like When that came out, the internet mm. and the media mm. and the world just, just lost it. It was like... It was on the front of all the newspapers. Everyone was talking about it. All the media covered it. It was it was a huge deal, and you know, especially when we did that stuff on it being built and the construction starting, that that blew up for us as well. Like it was a huge, huge bit of coverage. It obviously, it remains to be seen whether or not they're going to build that and if they can make it happen. But the conversation that started and the interest it brought around engineering, construction, architecture, I thought was. Um, was very cool. Often we just we sorry. Obviously, we've discussed the motives around that and why Saudi Arabia are doing it, and you know some of the practices that go with Saudi Arabia construction. But yeah, for me as as a product announcement, that one was clearly the biggest one of the year. It was pretty pretty out there. It was huge, mate, and it, 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 I think it drew all sorts of people in. You know, people who aren't into construction, aren't into architecture or even infrastructure. Um, Everyone seemed to have an opinion on this and saw that it was happening. And in that respect, I suppose, I suppose it's kind—it's really impressive, isn't it? Despite yeah. my feelings, despite our th- thoughts and feelings on it, and I'm sure we're only going to continue talking about it in the future. Do you know what I mean? Like this won't be the end. This won't be the end of the line. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna chat more about it. I'm sure. And Saudi Arabia. In general, they seem to be proposing all sorts of projects. So, yeah, mate. Yeah, good stuff. 2022, it's been mad. 2022 has been crazy for construction for many things. But. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's been it's been it's been crazy for many things. It's been been the fastest year of my life. I'll tell you that. But for construction, it's yeah. been a yeah, been a big big year. Also, I want to say like the one of the big things for me, this podcast did not exist at the start of 2022. We've brought it into existence. We're off the ground. We've done many episodes. We've got a fantastic group of listeners who are very loyal. We love you guys. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to bringing you loads of stuff in 2023. You guys uh, you guys are ready for the new year? What's your New Year's resolutions? Liam? Uh, <laughs> mate, really put me on the spot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, let's pick each other one. Yes. Let's, let's give each other's one. I'll give you one, friend. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. no. <laughs> Your you New first. Year's resolution, Liam, is to be kinder to me and try and take the money off me less. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's not black, mate. Far out. That's not going to happen, is it? Yeah, it's you, are, you, are, you take. The Can we make it achievable? Can we make them achievable, please? That ain't going to happen. <laughs> I'll try, mate. I'll try. Um, what can I give you, Fred? I'd like to see you open up to other cuisines. <laughs> a bit of, bit of context. <laughs> we, Do you we mean the fillet of fish? T- oh, mate. Fillet of fish. Um, San Diego. <laughs> oh, some of the best Mexican food around. Fred doesn't eat it. I booked a Mexican restaurant. Fred doesn't, Fred doesn't eat it. Okay. All right. I go, oh, I've got excellent seafood here. Excellent seafood. I was like, Do you eat seafood, mate? He's like, nah. I was like, mate. 
That's not giant fish eat? fingers. Like pizza and pizza and pasta and fish fingers. <laughs> it's basically. Huh? Like, yeah, right, right, back up, back up. Some context around the uh, stick that vehicle in reverse, mate, and just just back up a little bit here. Wind your neck in. the The Mexican story, the Mexican food story. I'd been I'd been awake for twenty two hours. I got to San Diego. I hadn't eaten, and Liam's like, "Oh, we'll go out for some food." I'm like, "Yeah, great. I need carbs, right? I need a big meal. I need some carbs right now." He's got these little, dishes, little little picky dishes, little guacamole and chips. Like, where's my food? I mate, need a meal. This is. This was on day six. This was day six. I <laughs> go, hey, mate. I've re- yeah, because I booked us day one, and then I also booked a day six because I heard it was that good. Why does it feel like I'm third wheeling here, man? Deep down. I'll give you a proper resolution. You should um, try not to work as much, Fred, and try and relax a bit more, mate. Oh, R&R. You know, oh, too many greys on your head, mate. <laughs> See, and there it is. There it is. Yeah, gotta be mean, haven't you? You gotta lay a dig in. You just can't help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you give uh, give Luke one for it. I can't yeah, give Luke one. It. I think Luke, you got to improve your Australian accent, mate. I think when you do when you do Liam's oh, Australian right. accent. <laughs> It's, it sounds nothing like Liam. He's like, we're going to go down the bar, but he's going to go check out some Sydney. It's like, no, Liam, don't talk about that. That's not, he's, he's Kiwi anyway, so. I, yeah, well, you've got a mixed accent in you, Liam. You've got a bit of an all over the place accent. Yeah, a little bit, mate, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I still don't, I don't, I don't have a British one. I know, I noticed another word you guys say differently. I say controversy. You say controversy. Controversy. Yeah, controversy. Yeah. Yeah. Controversy. Well, you know us, auction. mate. You know auction. Oh no, my no, days! No, 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 no. That's, that's, it's auction, auction. Mate. It's auction. Auction. Do you oh, know what, this... Fred? I saw someone else say auction the other day, and they were American. And yeah, I was like, did, maybe mate. even in America, they. I, 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 I think it depends on what part of the states you're from. I think but... uh, New Zealanders in Australia. Sorry, okay. Sorry, Luke. I thought you finished. Um, no, go on. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that less. Uh, do that less next. Cut, cut people off less <laughs> next year as well. <laughs> Uh, I think um, New Zealanders and Australians uh, mix. They take a bit of um, American lingo as well. Like we, how do you guys say data? Do you say data? Data. Well, data. Yeah. yeah so I say data, and then I, I got sick of people laughing at me in like sales meetings in, in the UK. Like, oh, you said data, so I started saying data. I come back here, and now I say, oh, the data, and they're like, what well, data? It's data. I'm like, oh, all right. That's a, that's a great story. That's a great story. Thank you for um, <laughs> thanks for blessing us. Getting late here. <laughs> thanks for blessing the podcast with that one, mate. That's guys. Look forward to more great podcasting coming your way in 2023. <laughs> I'll improve my stories in 2023. There we go. I'm, I'm, that I'm was you know, amazing. You were so you were so mean about my grey hair. Anyway, <laughs> guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know. What resolutions you'd like? What what resolutions would you give the podcast? What could we do better in 2023? Massive thanks to you all for listening. We hope you have a fantastic new year. Wherever, wherever you are in the world, we're looking forward to seeing all those videos that happen with the fireworks and all the different cities around the world. It's going to be awesome. Some great mm. architecture and skyscrapers being lit up and having skyscrapers and fireworks put together is always, always very, very exciting. So we're looking forward to that. Guys, massive thanks for listening this year on behalf of me, Luke, and Liam. 
Let's roll into 2023. Let's go. Let us know what you thought. Podcast at theblm.com. And we'll see you in the new year. Have a happy new year's. Yep. See ya. Not you, Fred. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.